invite you for the next half hour to join us for interviews, discussion, inspiration and for strategies to help you fulfil your potential both in life and in business. Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. I'm Mandy Beverly, and I'm here with my special guest today is Julie Shacklady from Milford Asset Management. Now, thank you so much for joining me today, Julie. Thank you for having me. Now, Julie, you are a premier client manager at Milford Asset Management. Mm-hmm. The name right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how did you get started doing this? Sure. Well, I didn't start off in finance. I took the long road. Um, I first of all was a travel agent and then was a personal assistant. And at the time I was living in London, working at Barclays Bank. And I'd been in the role for 12 months and my manager at the time said to me, I think you might get bored soon. Why don't you have a look at some other roles that we have elsewhere in the bank? And at that point, with no tertiary education, I didn't really think I stood much of a chance. But on his recommendation, I started to speak to other people that were working in the bank and uh, reading the Financial Times. And long story short, three months later, I was uh, working in the bank only three um, months three later. Months, so a lot faster <laughs> than what he had in mind. So, And he's like, damn, yeah. I've just lost one of my best people. That's <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. And going from there into asset management, how was that a jump for you? Or was it just a natural progression? No, it was, it was quite steep. Like a steep learning curve to start with. Um, at the time, there wasn't a great deal of, of training available. So I really was scrambling a lot for the first six months uh, and wondered if, if it was a decision I was comfortable with um, but yeah, once you start to get the hang of things you become comfortable become second nature and then you just your your passion and you know f- thirst for knowledge you know continues to grow mm-hmm. um, and then from there I was able to, to move on and move with uh, Barclays from London to Dubai where I did the role in Dubai. And so you lived there for a couple of years? Yes, I was there for two years working uh, with Barclays uh-huh. and uh, then found myself back in New Zealand working also in finance. Uh, wow, so welcome back to New Zealand. So you've been you. here for a couple I, of years now? Yes, I've been back for two and a half years now. And how have you found the transition coming back? Good, actually. Uh, better than I thought it would be. Uh, after 11 years away, I uh, wondered if perhaps I wouldn't fit in anymore, and um, it hasn't been like that at all. You just can't you can't beat the lifestyle. It's all. an amazing lifestyle, and actually the more you travel overseas, the more you realise how simple thing, uh, things are back mm. here. Yeah, um, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Now... Because we're talking about finance and um, we're talking about Milford Asset Management as well, mm-hmm. um, what makes them such a good company? I think Milford's a fantastic company. I mean, the vision of the founder, Brian Gaynor, really does cascade down through everybody in the company. Uh, we're a boutique investment manager. We're not one of the biggest and we're certainly not trying to be. Uh, it's a staff-owned company, so the staff are shareholders. I love that. That's mm. such a great feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really aligns our you know, goals and values with, with that of the clients as well. And um, with that, we also invest in our own funds as well. So we've got skin in the game. Got skin in the game. Yeah. yeah well, that's just, that is so important, actually, isn't it? That's because right. Because it's easy to risk with other people's money, but when it's your own, it's like, you know, Absolutely. you've got to make it work. Yeah. Wow. Now... You juggle so much in the day. I can imagine that it's actually quite a busy environment that you work in. So how do you cope with it all? 
it can be hard. Uh, you know, the phone can be ringing. You, you've got a client arriving for a meeting. You might have internal meetings. Things are running over. Um, you know, things can really start to pile up. And you can. It's just human nature to, to get frazzled in those moments. And it's important, I think, to just prioritise. Quite often there really only is one or two things that are super important or, or time sensitive. And everything else can be handled later on that day or the next day. It's just in that moment everything feels <laughs> like it's equally important and everything must be done in that moment. So how do you do that? How do you go, okay, what's most important now? Do you write things down? What sort of strategy? I write do you down. Yeah. I write down everything that needs to be done and then you know, put a tick next to it if it's, if it's most important and then work my way down the list. And quite often once you start, it doesn't seem as overwhelming as it does when you're just looking at it in your inbox. Yeah, or it's running around yeah. in your head and suddenly it's just overwhelmed. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Overwhelming, yeah, mm. that's for sure. Mm. Um, now, uh, you... Uh, we were just talking a little bit before we got started mm. about, you know, what makes a good investor? Sure. I think a good investor is somebody... Well, I was going to say somebody who's engaged, but that's actually not even necessarily true because you don't need engagement if you're using the likes of, of Milford, a fund manager, who will do all the research and, and due diligence and investing for you. Because that's quite involved, isn't it, doing all the research and that rather it's, than... Because yeah. you don't want to take unnecessary risks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And at Milford, our investment team is 23 men and women. So you've got that many eyes on your investments day in, day out, doing the research, going to the, um, you know, the AGMs, looking at the reports, everything, doing the investments for you so that you don't have to. Um, so what makes a good investor? Well, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, some people do very well out of things such as Bitcoin. Hmm. Um, but, you know, diversification is always uh, a key rule, which is the more eggs you have and the more baskets, the more buffered you are to any any wobbles along the way. Uh, and that's just normal life, isn't it, having a few ups and downs. So do you, um, do you want customers and clients to take a bit more of a long-term approach when they're investing or is there a little bit more flexibility with what you do? For this type of investing, we would say ideally three-year minimum. Now, that's not to say that you can't invest for shorter, but with, um, for investing for three years, that gives enough time to ride out any wobbles or volatility along the way. As with anything, the longer you do it, the better the results often are. Yeah, yeah I think that's... And, but for all of us that like instant gratification these days, mm. actually having that staying power... And putting it away with a fund manager is actually a really good, good, a good way of doing it because with all the accounts online now, it's too easy to touch things. That's isn't right. It? Yeah. yeah. So, locking it away is actually quite. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, it's actually not locked away. You can have your money back within three days, but perhaps the the signing of the withdrawal form and the sending it to us might delay people. At least you can't do that while you're out of the shops. <laughs> <laughs> so you're helping people manage on a day to day basis. Yeah. Brilliant. Now. Are there different levels to funds? Um, you know, there are different levels of investment. And what would you recommend people starting with? But I, I mean, obviously, it'll be a conversation that you'd have with them privately. But where would be a great place to start? Mm, sure. Well, for spe specific advice, you would always need to speak to a financial advisor. Um, but it really comes down to the comfort level of the individual, uh, how long they're investing for. Uh, so at Milford, we have 10 
uh, funds that our clients can invest into and that ranges from the very conservative funds that have more term deposits and bonds which are uh, much less risky. We have 10 funds at Milford ranging from very conservative up to the more aggressive growth funds and there really is something for everybody. Uh, The conservative funds have a mixture of term deposits and bonds and much uh, more conservative assets inside them whereas the growth funds have a lot more shares in them as well which can be a bit more volatile but quite often with with risk uh, more risk comes more reward there's always a risk reward yeah risk reward ratio yeah, yeah that's absolutely. right yeah so probably um quite a good way of is having a balance between both you know between conservative balanced and growth would you um i guess it would depend on someone's circumstances i um when they come to you and that yeah that's right it really does come down to the comfort level of the individual we have people in their 90s who have all their money in a growth fund and we have people in their 20s who put their money into a conservative fund it really comes down to the individual and, and if you're in a fund that makes you feel uncomfortable and there's too much risk associated with it and you're going to lose sleep at night, then that's not the right fund for you. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, we can always take our clients through that um, and and help them decide which is going to be the best one for them. Brilliant. So you sort of tailor make um, everyone's decisions with them. We can do that. Is one service we have at Milford where we give personalised advice uh, based on on the information that you've provided us and your uh, time horizon and risk profile. We can do that. Yes. Yeah, that's great. So you guys sound like you offer a really great service. Yeah, that's right. And not everybody wants uh, advice tailored to them. Uh, Some people are very happy to make the decisions themselves based on the information that they get from us or that they can see online, and that's fine too. We have something for everybody. Mm, That's brilliant. Thank you Mm. so much. So you're settling into New Zealand, Mm -hmm. and um, uh, you've said that you like a little bit of fishing, I hear. I do like a little bit of fishing. I am a fair-weather fisherwoman, though, so I haven't actually been out for a few months um, but I do really enjoy it. It was one of the things that I missed living in, in the Middle East and in London as well, just going uh, off the wharf quite often. I go at Birkenhead, off Birkenhead Wharf. Oh, really? you just just off the wharf just, there yeah, into the harbour? Yeah, I managed to catch two blue cod there once, actually. So, um, it keeps you going back for more. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, but I probably won't be back again until the summer. <laughs> no, no, it's been a bit too cold and rainy lately. Mm. Yeah, I've got a nephew that's getting into spearfishing, and oh, he right. loves it, but I... I yeah, that, that seems scary to me. Yeah, yeah that, that's another <laughs> level of fishing. <laughs> no, for sure. And so what else should people know about investing? Because now I've got you here in the studio, we mm. can ask you lots of sort of things. So what would you... What would you love people to know about investing their money? Sure. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about investing. Um, people, when they think of stock markets, think of crash, you know, global financial crisis, um, dot-com bubble, you know, and a number of Kiwis have been burnt, not so much recently, but in the, in the past with their investments. So there is a little bit of fear associated with investing. And so I think that the, the misconceptions are, A, that it's, it's risky, uh, that the fees can be really high uh, and that your money is locked in as well. Now, as we've said earlier, your money's not locked in. You can actually get access your money and have that back to you within three business days. Uh, it can be risky if you put uh, your funds or your money into something which is a high-growth fund or, or a high-risk fund. Um, diversification is key. Uh, and the fees, actually, for the returns that you can get are, are quite reasonable. 
Uh, and we'd be more than happy to discuss that with anybody who's interested in learning a bit more about it. So they can get hold of you later on mm. and we'll put links, obviously, and, and get your email address and everything for, for later or the yeah. website. Um, just um, a little diversion. Mm. Um, I love um, when we were um, speaking before that you have said that you've often found determination can get you just as far as a tertiary education. (laughs) Now, for me, I just really love that. Um, And tell us a little bit more about that. Mm. Well, first of all, you do need a degree uh, for some careers, such as doctors. Of course, course. (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. We're just talking in a general sense here. Yeah, yeah, and I have found that along the way, uh, to be honest. I started university, I was doing a psychology degree, and I uh, dropped out for want of a better word, after six months. Um, and it took me a while to find what it was that I wanted to do. And You're not alone there. I think there's a lot of people that, that do that. You know? Yeah, Because you think this is where I want to go and what I want to do and you get there and you go, I don't want to be here. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And you will come across some very smart people. Uh, I do all the time. Some extremely clever, intelligent people coming up. You know, the, the younger generation are coming out of university and they're just so smart. Uh, and that's fantastic. However, I also believe that with the right work ethic and with determination and motivation, you can get just as far because these days there's a lot of learning on the job. You can do your qualifications while you're working. And I think, um, yeah, the good work ethic uh, and being a good team member um, can, can actually go really far. There's a great quote. It's a Thomas Jefferson quote that I saw one day and it says, everything yields to diligence. Mm. And I thought, oh, I like that. Yeah. 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 I thought that was really good. Yeah. So, so I think people you know, shouldn't be put off by not having qualifications in, in some industries and in some careers because if they, they can just get a foot in the door and they can actually show their employers what they're capable of and, and work really hard and, um, and just have the right... Uh, work ethic, that, then they'll be able to get quite far. I th- so we, we're getting not only financial <laughs> <laughs> advice, also career advice. And, yeah. and I think that's really true now is don't, don't let anyone hold you back from what you want to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just find a way somehow. Yeah. Now, we're just going to take a short break now for music, and we've got Maroon 5, Girls Like You, which is a song that I'm now become obsessed with. <laughs> so we'll be right back. <laughs> Yeah. 
Maybe he's 645. Maybe I'm barely alive. Maybe he's taking my shit for the last time. Yeah. Maybe I know that I'm drunk. Maybe I know you're the one. Maybe I'm thinking it's better if you drive. Dancing long ago, I was dancing for dollars. No, it's really real if I let you be my mama. You don't want a girl like me. I'm too crazy. Where every other girl you meet is too gazy. I'm sure that mother girls were nice enough. But you need someone to spice it up. So who you gonna call? Party, party. Come and rev it up like a Harley, Harley. Why is the best food always forbidden? I'm coming to you not doing 20 over the limit. The red light, red light, stop. I don't play when it comes to my heart, let's get it though. I don't really want a white horse in a carriage. I'm thinking more of white horses and carriage. I need you right here, cause every time you fall, I play with the skinny like your privilege of the car. Welcome back to Remarkable Woman Radio and don't we just love a bit of Maroon 5 in the afternoon? <laughs> yeah, I'm totally obsessed by that song now. Um, so we are here with Julie Shacklady from Milford Asset Management and we're learning a lot about, you know, just about investing and, and looking at money and I think that's actually a really important thing that we do, particularly as women, is to is to actually really look at money and um, and what can we do to grow it. So um, one thing that I love is compound interest. And I know Einstein said something along the lines of it's the eighth wonder of the world. Um, but what can you tell us about compound interest? Mm-hmm. And that's a very good, uh, very good saying. Warren Buffett also said, uh, my wealth has come from a combination of living in America, lucky genes and compound interest. So we know if Warren Buffett is a fan of it, then then it must work. And I know that he had read every book in the library by the time he's 11 about investing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was right. obviously born to do what he wanted to do. But, and still um, going strong. And mm-hmm. still going strong. So compound interest is really, can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Mm, sure. So once you've invested your initial principal, uh, then any interest that that gains or, or that it earns, if you don't pay that out, so if you keep reinvesting it back in, then you've actually got interest going on top of your principal. So then any interest earned on that is then on the amount of your principal and of the interest, and it keeps building on top of itself. I hope that that comes across clear. Uh, so it's really a way of supercharging your savings because it's, it's building on top of its interest, building on top of interest. So money's earning money. Yeah, that's right. Great. Yeah. Mm. That's really that's really cool. So compound interest is something that you will get if you. Um, if you allow a bit of time, um, you know, long-term investment strategy as well. I yeah, that's right. Yeah. Over time, it'll keep going on top of itself, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, it's, it's just such a, you know, we might as well, we know about air points and we know about all of these other mm. things that can get us something, but this compound interest is a magic formula mm. in a way. Yeah, that's uh, right. Well, not magic as such, but, you know, it is something that can actually reap a lot of rewards for people long term yeah 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 so that's, that's cool. right um now you were mentioning um to me before the show that you are looking at um perhaps doing a woman's investing event 
Are you allowed to talk about that? Or is that something that you're just thinking about at the moment? Or sure. Well, would you like to give a bit of air to it now? <laughs> it's in the early stages of planning, uh, but my female colleagues and I at Milford uh, will be hosting a women's investing event uh, later on this year. Uh, we don't know which month exactly at this stage. And basically it's aimed at our existing woman clients uh, and any any that might be interested in investing and just a kind of comfortable place for women to come to learn a little bit about the basics of investing from women that work in the industry and just somewhere where they can ask a few questions, um, have a glass of wine uh, and just get a, a bit of information because it can be really overwhelming. It's easy for me to sit here and say that it, it's not complicated but it's, it's what I do day, day in and day out. Um, but for other people I understand that it, it can be quite complicated. So just somewhere for, for women to come and ask a few questions and just start to, to become engaged really. I know it's becoming quite important for women to become financially independent Yes. Uh, we've got independence in every other area of our life and uh, I think now we're starting to see that we need to be financially independent um, and at least have some knowledge as well. And I think that, that knowledge is really important, isn't it? Because sometimes you can put things aside and go, oh, well, I will get to that, I will mm-hmm. get to that. But actually sitting down and in that environment will be actually really good just mm-hmm. to sort of talk about what options are there for people because often we're looking just at what the banks have we don't look further afield but actually there's a lot of options out out there for people yeah that's right and we don't know what we don't know yeah that's great so you're just making sure that this is a really nice easy relaxed way to educate women about investing Mm -hmm. yeah that's right cool well you must let us know when you're going to be running that i will i can make sure that we um that we either get you back to talk about it and and highlight um highlight the dates for you as Mm -hmm. well absolutely i think it's really important thank you um now what is some of the best advice you've received or maybe that you wished you'd given yourself at some any point in life? Mm. My mum gives me a lot of uh my mum is usually the person who gives me the most advice uh, and if she's listening she'll think to herself that I never actually take it. <laughs> but I do. I do often you heard take it. Here first. she listens to you. <laughs> do you know I don't have any quotes or or anything like that, but at the end of the day, it's your life. You you really just have to go with your gut on anything and everything. Uh, If it doesn't feel right to you, don't do it. If it doesn't sit well with you and if it's not, if it doesn't align with your values, don't do it. At the end of the day, you just have to live your life in the way that you want to. And always go with your gut. So if you've got to talk yourself into it or convince yourself or, yeah, it's just if you've got to go against your gut, it's definitely not the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you do have to push through nerves and a little bit of uh, hesitation. Um, but if it just does, if, it, if it's not sitting well with you, then, then maybe that's a sign. That's, that's mm. great advice. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it's as simple as listening to yourself, as you just said. If it's mm. not sitting well, then... Don't do it. Mm. Yeah, that's right. But don't, yeah, making sure that you're not taking yourself out by not trying as well. well <laughs> so that's when you're going to really listen to yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so obviously living around the world and coming back to New Zealand, I mean, what's great about New Zealand for you? What have you found really great to come back to? Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's the lifestyle, isn't it, really? I mean, you've got mountains for skiing you've got beaches all you know so close 
Uh, we've got really good bars and restaurants now, which we didn't have. When I left in 2004, um, it didn't feel like there was a great deal of selection in terms of bars and restaurants. Clothes were, were quite expensive and certainly quite far behind the times. And so I've come back now and, and there's just it actually feels quite international. There's a lot of people that have immigrated here, um, immigrated here, <laughs> and we've got fantastic food fantastic bars and restaurants cafes um so there's a real vibe here now and so it doesn't actually feel like it's on the edge of the world anymore that's great it's good to know isn't it and um because coming from london and dubai those are pretty full-on places to live Mm. as well because i know we used to live in hong kong and that was just it was just all go all the time yeah Yeah. yeah, so we're really lucky here that we do have a bit of hustle and bustle in the in the downtown area in Auckland now and in other cities, but it's easy to escape it on the weekends. We're very lucky, mm. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Now, I love to ask this question a lot of the times. When you're expanding and going out of your comfort zone, mm. okay, how do you cope and what did you learn as a result? And it could be when you're moving overseas or anything like that because sometimes those that's a big move. Mm. For the big moves, uh, and my mum always tells me this, nothing is forever. If it doesn't work, you just come home. Um, you, know, you don't have to stay somewhere if you're not happy there. Um, so by all means, try anything that you want to. But don't be scared to because you can always go back home or, or go back to the way things were beforehand. So, yeah, give yeah. everything a try. Or turn around and make another decision. Mm. Yeah, I've made it. a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's actually really good advice because sometimes we get ourselves so stuck with what we're doing that we just go, well, actually, what if I did this instead? Or, yeah, I always think that there's a power of questions that we can ask ourselves to sort of open up our minds. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's more admirable, a life spent doing the the same thing day in, day out for 50, 60 years, uh, career-wise, for example, or a life spent trialling new things and they might not all work, but I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way and met a lot of people and, and really pushed yourself, so... You're probably better off for it if you try a few things that, yeah. that don't work out. <laughs> Just give it a go. Yeah. yeah. Don't be scared to fail. Don't mm. be scared to change. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, I ask all my guests that are coming on the show about this question, and they all cringe a little bit, but <laughs> because this is a Remarkable Woman Radio, mm. um, what is most remarkable about you and what you do? Because I often I ask this because if we don't value who we are, then no one else does. So what is remarkable about you, Julie? In a work sense? It can be in any part of your life. Just who you are as a person because you take yourself to work, so. Mm, (laughs) I think it's my ability to be put into any situation and to always be okay. I could be dropped uh, in Dubai, for example, where I moved and I didn't know a soul when I moved there. Um, Or, you know, travelling solo around the world meeting people I, I just feel quite comfortable in any situation I feel comfortable talking to children I feel comfortable talking to older people I feel like I can relate to a lot of people um and I guess that's something I'm quite proud of that's great that's remarkable <laughs> <laughs> so Julie how do people find you sure uh, well, they can go on our website, which is www.milfordasset.com, which has got a lot of information on our funds and what we do and, and blogs with interesting articles. So uh, people can go on there and, and contact us via the website. 
Uh, alternatively, uh, our office is in Auckland. You can uh, come on in. We're on Shorten Street, level 17 of the AIG building. That's great. So they can get hold of you there. And, and so lots of information to read up if they want to or else contact you directly. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Excellent. everything is online. Yeah. Uh, but for any further questions, once you've read a, a, some of the information that we have, that might um, you know, create a few more questions. So by all means, give us a call or email. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me here on Remarkable Woman Radio. Thank you for having me. And thank you for t- um, teaching us all about investment. We've loved having you on here. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye. You have been listening to Remarkable Woman Radio. You can catch us again next Tuesday at 3.15 on 104.6 FM or anytime on planetaudio.org.nz forward slash Remarkable Woman. We'll see you then.